Welcome to episode 308 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always, and welcome to 2021. First episode of the new year, and hopefully not the last. I don't know. I didn't have <laughs> I don't, anything. I don't, I don't know. The way it's going, the world might end next week, so That's let's true. make this one a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> We've got some in the can with some... Some cool people, but if if our final episode ever was with Eric Bass, I'm fine with that. Oh, me too. <laughs> with that being said, Eric Bass is our guest. If you've listened to us for any length of time, you've probably heard that name because he has been on here before. Yes. With Jason's band, Zen Hipster, when the entire band was on here. And we thought it was due time to get Eric on here just to talk about everything he's had going on with music. So we're going to talk to him and all that stuff coming up and play some music. But first, we got to let you know who we're sponsored by. It's a new year, but we've got the same sponsors and we're happy to keep rolling with them. DEB Concerts, promoter based in Tulsa that has brought a lot of killer acts to the downtown Tulsa area at the BOK Center and the IDL Ballroom. They also booked the Roadhouse Stage at Rocklahoma. The show on December 12th with Lita Ford was recently canceled, but if you like Lita Ford, no worries, because April 10th, downtown Tulsa, outdoors in front of the Ideal Ballroom, Queensryche will be performing with Lita Ford, Nita Strauss, and the Bullet Boys. Very cool lineup there. You can get all your ticket info, debconcerts.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. We, of course, will keep you up to date on any other new additions to their calendar or any other reschedules as well. So keep it here and follow DEB Concerts. Hell Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company located out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check out their entire product line at their website, which is hellahothotsauce.com. You can also follow them on their socials. Both Instagram and Facebook are at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. They do a lot of collaborations. They've got a couple with some metal artists, like Ghoul has a sauce called Brain Jerk. And Florida Frank from Hatebreed has a sauce called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. We've got a lot of that, and it's excellent stuff, but it'll, it'll burn your insides pretty good. So if you're interested in hot sauce... Get on hellhothotsauce.com and check out what they've got. If you're on the West Coast, you can find them in a lot of stores out there as well. But get on there and tell them we sent you. Sunset Tattoo. It's a tattoo shop in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. They are mother approved. Jake and his crew have over 25 years of experience. They do excellent work. You can see photo proof of all that work on their Facebook, which is Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Their Instagram is also at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. You give them a call or shoot them a message. You can set up a time to get over there, talk about what work you want to have done. If you contact them, check them out, tell them Thunder Underground sent you. And finally, Med Farm is a dispensary in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51, right off the highway. Can't miss them. Huge selection, and you can check it all out at leafly.com. They've got a drive through If you call ahead or text ahead, they'll have your order ready. Why don't we show up? So that's very convenient. 
They also give 30% of their proceeds to build no-kill animal shelters, which is a pretty badass cause that we're very happy to talk about here. If you also mention Thunder Underground, they give you 10% off your first order. They're always running other specials as well, so if you follow them on our socials, MedFarm is P-H-A-R-M on Facebook, and MedFarm OK on Instagram. You won't miss any of that stuff. A huge thank you to MedFarm. Alright, so 2021 is kicking off nicely. We've got episodes coming up here next week and the week after, and I guess probably the week after that with Brian Wheat of Tesla, Fred Lecklerk of Creator, and Austin Moe, Eric the Trainer, Wayne Lozanak of Hatebreed. I think that's everything that is unreleased. And we've got a couple others scheduled. So, all that great stuff's coming. That'll keep us going till just damn near about time the weather starts warming up a bit. <laughs> that's right. It's I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, some cool stuff between all those interviews. And if you missed last week, it was our best of 2021. Or no, sorry. Our best of 2020, where we counted down the albums of the year according to ourselves, as it should be, Armored Saint and 19 others, rounded out that list. And then we also just released a post here a couple days ago with everybody we had on the podcast last year. So look into that and see the plethora of awesome guests we had on this show. Very happy to keep it rolling once again so is there anything we want to talk about before we play some music i mean i know there's got to be some like music stuff out there but maybe it'll come to us during this song oh you know what okay here's something i was going to tell you just but i'll tell you on here uh i am on a huge anthrax kick right now okay and i was like looking up anthrax vinyl on amazon or whatever and i don't know if this is something you know about or if it's released somewhere but I, I saw I noticed that like Volume Eight, Stomp Four Four Two, Sound of White Noise, uh, or We've Come for You All, or uh, they're going to be released on vinyl in February. Oh wow! Amazon has a thing where pre-order releases on vinyl on February fifth or something like that. All of them are coming out the same day. Yeah, like I noticed all the lesser known, you know, John Bush era, whatever, are going to be. So get your wallet out. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, we love that era of Anthrax, and to have that shit on vinyl, that's badass. Yeah. Are they going to be colored? I don't know. It didn't say. <laughs> like, have a purple we've come for you all. Right. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think of, obviously, I'd like to get all of them, but if I had to just pick one, it would probably be we've come for you all. Yeah. Personally. Of those three, I mean. I mean, that's just an insane record. Yeah. Volume 8 would be great, too. But yeah, I probably would have come for you all. Well, then you also, well, you sent me that link the other day that you could get like a white vinyl of right. anthems. Yeah, I was just on their, I was just dicking around on their uh, online shop, their the official website or whatever. You get a 10-inch uh, white vinyl uh, anthems. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. So th- that, yeah, that's that's awesome too. So there you go. Yeah. Something to look into. I don't think we... Yeah, we didn't talk about this because our episode right after Christmas was the best of episode. Mm-hmm. So I know you got some vinyls for for Christmas for, yeah, your, for your better half. Like, yes. Anything you want to mention here? Oh, man, I got a sweet 
fucking insane uh, behemoth. I loved you at your darkest vinyl. Yeah. Um, it's deluxe, like three picture discs. They're, the artwork is just, it's like a piece of art. It's like a painting. Wow. Um, it's all fucked up and weird and dark <laughs> and evil like you would expect from Behemoth. Yeah. That was great. Um, I got Chicken Foot 3 on vinyl. Red vinyl, I didn't even know that existed. Right. I mean, uh, so yeah, I got some good stuff. Uh, and, and also what... What I found, what I found for her, which I've told you about, but I have to mention on here, a silver chair frog stomp on vinyl, uh, colored vinyl, but the third side, it has the frog etched onto it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we had a, we had a very vinyl Christmas. <laughs> it was great. That's got to be a tagline for some, right? Some shop yeah. somewhere, right? Yeah, I get the crowbar <laughs> setless classics on purple vinyl. Oh, nice. I saw that whenever fucking they rad, dude. when they were like promoting it in December. Was that a? But I didn't ever really look into it. Is it just kind of like a great greatest hits type? Yeah, thing? it's like the greatest hits type kind of deal. Okay, you know that's what um, I. Mean. It's got all the songs you want to hear, and most of the, you know all the songs, all their staples. So is it live? No, or was it just called setlist classics because they're yeah. the ones they usually play? Okay. Yeah, it's the ones they usually play. It's it's the the tried and true crowbar. Gotcha. You know, um. So yeah, I mean, yeah, good times. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about you? Actually, as far as vinyl, I didn't... Did you gift yourself anything? I gifted myself several things. <laughs> I did. Well, I take that back. I got a vinyl gift card from you. Thank you very much. Which I have not... Very welcome. Here. I'll let you know as soon as that happens what you got me. Yes, exactly. I want to know. I <laughs> right? want to know. From Studio Records, the uh, what I think is the best uh, record store in town in Tulsa. I'm Shameless gonna... plug, even though... They didn't pay us to say that. I'm saying it. Maybe I'll tag him and they'll be like, hey, we should sponsor these guys. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, whenever I pick up something from them, I, I always tag them on Instagram or something. That's right. Just because everyone needs to know how amazing this record store is. And they're pretty pretty active on Instagram, too. Right, right. Their prices are decent. It's it's just a great place. I, You know, as much as I love going to record stores and vinyl, I've only been in there one time. And it right. was a real quick, I went in there... About a year ago to grab the fight war of words that came out That's on record right. store day. Yeah. And I didn't really have time to look around and I've never went in there and just looked around. So obviously now I'm going to. Definitely. But I got myself the first, uh, the Chris Stapleton debut album on vinyl. Nice. And keeping it country, I got, I don't know if I mentioned or I told you, I got the first three Shooter Jennings albums. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were, they released them all at once a couple months ago for pre order. And then I got, well, we already talked about the ACDC vinyl around that same time. And then I feel like last month I got a couple other couple other things. And then our something else we definitely need to mention is I almost oh. said our friend, but now I'm sounding like Eddie Trunk here or something. But Jim, oh, I, Jim Wilson sent us not one for the podcast, but one for each of us. Yes. Of his... EP Rocker's Delight that he did with Phil Jones that came out in 2019. Which is fucking badass. Yeah. And he just now released it on vinyl at the end yep. of November. It's like 10 inch. Is it 10 inch? Yeah. Orange vinyl. Um, it, I love Translucent the, orange. Yes, translucent orange. I love the the brown packaging with just like the little tab in the picture. Yeah. That's like, really like. 
got an old school vintage yeah, kind old of school vintage feel. I love that. Um, it's just awesome. And, you know, the tunes are killer. And I think we could say he's a friend of the podcast. Oh, definitely. I mean, why not? You know, yeah, I think he'd be okay with it. He's <laughs> been on here three or four times now. And hell, he's sported a Thunder Underground t-shirt in a Motor Sister video last right, year. So. Right. So, yeah, definitely props to Jim Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. And they check out our Instagram at the Thunder Underground here. Well, by the time this is out, it's probably been about almost a week, but we posted a little short video clip of that very Jim Wilson record spinning. So, right. Check right. that out. But yeah, speaking of music spinning, let's play some Zen Hipster since we got Eric Bass here. And we're going to play a track. Should we go in order? Sure. Okay. Well, let's go with the first album first then. Okay. The debut album, Freaking Rock from Zen Hipster. And you chose this song, so set it up. I just think this is uh, some really cool bass work by Eric, Eric Bass, and it really, really helped the song go in the direction we wanted. I don't think it would have been the same without, uh, you know, what he brings to the fretboard. So this is Hollow Earth.
Freaking rock. That was uh, 97, is that right? 99, I think. 99? Yes. Oh, Zen, okay. Zen Hipster, 1999. Later I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. I don't think. Yeah, it had to be 99. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. Josh Baker can uh, correct us in the yes. comments here or something if he's listening. Or I'll go home and look at <laughs> the CD and I'm like, well, fuck, I was wrong. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So that was the a song from the debut album by Zen Hipster. Right. Which, as we obviously mentioned, features Eric Bass. It features Jason here on rhythm guitar. features Eric Reese on lead guitar and vocals. And then it features Josh Baker on drums. Chef extraordinaire Josh Baker. That's right. Look up The Bachelor's Table on Facebook Definitely. or Instagram and give it a follow. If you live in the Tulsa area and you're one of those people like, I don't know what I want tonight, get on his page and... That's what you want tonight. Right. Josh has you covered. Yeah. Good eats. Good eats. Absolutely. And during this weird time we're living in where you want to get Steph curbside and to go, he has specials weekly from like Wednesday to Saturday. So there's a tangent for you, but it's for a good cause. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to roll into another song now. This choice we've selected because I asked Eric what his favorite Sinister song was. And he said, that's a tough one, but I'll probably say Superman. So here's Superman.
and the termination Now those dreams are gone So we've got to improvise And show our strength And cry Superman, you're gonna Superman by Zen Hipster. That is from the second album, In Process, which was, again, I was thinking that was around 2001, but according to Spotify, it's 2003. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I thought it was like 2002. Okay. See, I mean, we're, we're I'm no help. I am no help. My own band, I'm no help. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's foggy. It's been so long ago. Right. Four score and 72,000 beers ago. Right. <laughs> Well, if you dug that, either of those tracks, I mean, look up Zen Hipster. They're tagged right here. You can find them on Facebook but and Instagram. But the music-wise, In Process is on Spotify. I know it's on YouTube. I'm sure it's other places. Right. Freaking Rock, I don't think, is digitally anywhere. I don't think so. But there's probably still a few copies out there if you hit up the band. Right. Or hit up this guy sitting next to me. Right. We might get you a copy. So. Fun fact... I had two, I had a copy of each. I was supposed to send Jeremy Harrington, uh, of Wither fame. Right. And, and on this podcast fan? Yes, he's been on this podcast. And 
of course, in true me fashion, I'm a procrastinator, right? <laughs> I never sent them off. They were in the console of my car. And then I got a new oh, car, that car? and tra- traded it in and left the goddamn CDs in there. <laughs> so I'm sure the CDs got thrown in the trash when I traded in the car. So I'm an idiot. Or they sold them to vintage stock for 12 cents a piece. Y- yeah, right, right. I mean, you never know. So, uh, Jeremy Harrington, if you're out there, I apologize. Yeah, I remember that. Like, several months ago, he was... He yeah. Was, he, he, was, he was doing a big you know, effort to... Trying like, to do something cool, round up a bunch of local music yeah. from past, present, and here I am trying to help out, and then I drop the ball <laughs> and just completely forget. Hey, I did my part. I remember I sent him uh, some digital files of a couple of Tony Romanello albums that he didn't have. Right, see? See, I mean, you... you <laughs> You came through. <laughs> right. I sure didn't. But that's easier than, you know. Right. Getting physical copies to someone. So, anyway. We've got digital files, Jeremy, if you still want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah. Before we jump into this interview with Eric, I don't know. Any <laughs> thoughts? I mean, here's a non, non-music non thought, just to be a little, you know, cheeseball for a second. As far as human beings I've known in my life, this guy ranks up there at the top of the list, you know, just as far as being a great person. Oh, he's, he's a solid dude. Um, I'm glad to know him, uh, you know, for a guy who's been through so much, uh, so much good and bad is still solid and, you know, is, you know, a responsible fucking with it kind of guy and has his head on right and is super fucking talented. Yeah. One thing I never knew and, and until the past couple of years is the guy sings like a fucking angel. You yeah. Know, it's like, I never even knew this. I remember you telling me that. Like, Unreal. Yeah. I, I think, and I think we touched upon this in the interview, but, you know, it was just uh, when we were so, we were young when we all started playing together and him and Josh were really young and we're new to their instruments, basically, and... You know, he took off immediately, and next thing you know, it's like, in the blink of an eye, he was Geezer Butler and Jocko and Cliff Burton all in one. <laughs> I mean, it was insane. The The talent here is unreal, and this conversation was great, so, yeah. I was going to mention that, like I said up front, Zen Hipster in its entirety was on here on episode 191, and that was not long before the Thunder Underground Fest. Right. In October of 2018, because that's when you guys played your first show in quite a while, like at yes. that point, six or seven years. Right. And I remember specifically at the show when you guys played, someone, it was a bass player from another band. It was either, was it Mike Starkey? Or I Mike, think I remember. Or maybe was it Steven from Solidify? One of, <laughs> one of them two was just like marveling at like how amazing Eric was. Right. I can't remember which, sorry. You know, there's just another testament to Yeah, and he makes it look so fucking easy. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's jump into this. Here's Eric Bass. Talk about your first 
your first glimmer of, oh, music, okay, this is something that I might want to try or be into. Yeah. Um, honestly, it was uh, Baker coming to me and asking if I wanted to be in he and Eric Reese's <laughs> band. And Jesse, and Jesse, of course. Oh, my God. No yeah. way. Yeah. Really? Yep. Okay. And uh, it was like, you know, you'll be a bass player. I was like, so oh, he just told me. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, That's Josh Baker. That sounds like Josh Baker. Yeah. And, and, you know, I had been into, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, um, and then Eric turned me on to Jocko, mm-hmm. which, you know, after the um, his word of mouth disc, you know, that had Teen Town on it and all the great, great songs. Um, I, I just, I, you know, in order to learn to play, I started imitating, you know, Flea and trying to learn Jocko and, um, you know, that was, that was pretty much my introduction. So before that, you'd never even, I don't know. Well, I had a guitar, I had a guitar, (laughs) um, that I had found when we lived, still lived in Chicago, I had found it. Somebody put it in their trash, and it was just sitting out, you know, on the side of the road. And I'm on my bike, and I see this electric guitar. It's a little harmony, and I was like, "Hell yeah, the guitar!" And so, you know, I had kind of played around on that guitar, and I had relatives who played, who would show me licks or, um, you know chords or exercises um, so I was I would kind of mess around on that little harmony right, right. before I picked up the bass so I, I'm thinking you know you mentioned Flea and Jocko and that was something that you know because you're playing you were playing with us and it's just like um, I don't even know hard rock right. uh, metal into grunge kind of whatever sure, sure. so you know, I and it's like, I probably, if I think about it enough, I could probably remember, figure it out. But I thought that was a good talking point was why, why did you go into the bass as like, just, you know, all over the place and you went a more expressive route with it as opposed to just like holding down a foundation, like a you know, an ACDC type kind of thing. Right. Instead, you went into the more eclectic. That's, that's my personality. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. that's just my, that's my yeah. personality. I mean, I remember doing like, early on, doing like Funky Maryland and, yes. you know, songs yeah. like that. Um, and, you know, you and Eric did, and Josh did a lot of the writing. And I think that he, I think that Reese kind of, Develop some of the songs for my weird ass playing, you know. Right, right. That's awesome. Well, because it's just the um, the progression so quickly was was impressive to where you know you were just like, you know, oh, I'm not stopping here. Right. Watch this. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Well, and you know, I had spent. You know, trying to bring myself up to speed to be able to, you know, hold my own with some band. I spent a ton of time in my room listening to the radio yeah. and trying to play along. Yeah. You know, and that helped tremendously with with band practice. Because then I just, all I needed was to see fingers, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I always remember that. Um, what? Show me a root note. Yeah, that yeah. was like your big thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's all he needs. That's it. I, I literally have to like, you know, I have to have Eric tab out shit for me. Right. <laughs> Eric right. Bass is over here. What's your root note? Okay, got it. Well, and you know, <laughs> with guitar and with bass, you know, with bass, that's what you're yeah, primarily exactly. concentrating on is the root. Yeah, you know, hold that down. And guitar, yeah, with guitar, it is, you know, whether you're playing a G, a G7, you know, right. so it so is more important. So your learning process entirely was just you learning on your own and just band practice, basically? Yeah, figured it out, yeah. And, I mean, you know, I had a teacher like Eric Greeks. Right, you know? yeah. Exactly. So I would go to practice early or stay late and you know, be like, here. Show me what I can do with this group of this chord progression, you know. Um, and so he was a great teacher. Yeah. So. Yes, he was. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that whole—I mean, getting into that period now, you know, freaking rock and guys playing shows here in Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, wherever, Kansas. Are there any like anything that sticks out as far as? Man. Someone asked for a story. Tell me a story about when you were playing in '95 or something like that. Like, what's yeah. what's the first thing that pops to your head? Seems like seems like Mia Walla. <laughs> that was in like what Missouri? <clears throat> yeah, like I Kansas. don't even. Yeah, one of those. Uh, Mia Walla was bizarre. It was just a bizarre. Yeah. Um, was that the one with the festival tie dye band? Uh, the um, what they called the Twisters. The Twisters. Yeah. yeah. Is that that show? I think the Twisters were there. Was that Saw that guy at Hobby Lobby, like uh, who? A, um, Red, a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I mean, he had no idea, but I'm like, oh, that's that one dude. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> yeah. Um, his son, the one that played bass, he was cool. Yeah, he was a good guy. And I think they all still play together in a church and on the west side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, but yeah, I knew that was him. He had a lot more hair and a bigger beard, but that had to be him, dude. Yeah, <laughs> had to be. But yeah, Neil Walla, that was crazy. Yeah, that, that was, was a that was a it was just a bizarre. The whole experience was weird. You know, it was this little small town. Can't even remember the name of the town. No, I can't either. But it, it's like it didn't. It, it it was like the whole fair bandstand thing. Right. And right. it didn't matter who you were. They wanted your autograph. <laughs> they wanted, I mean, it was, they wanted pictures. It was so fucking weird. Dude. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm nobody. I, right. I live right. in a one bedroom apartment. It's, yeah, especially being a young musician. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. Kind of, just kind of starting out or being in it, you know, two years, three years. Yeah. We weren't used to that at all. It was, it was really. It was odd. Some of the other good ones were playing in uh, Josh's dad's church. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that your first gig? Or was that I your first gig? I think so, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, when you were a five-piece? Yes, or, yes. Yeah. That, was, uh, <laughs> that was a Halloween gig, too, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and uh, well, I'd like dress up or something. <laughs> but all I did was just put on a flannel and say I was a lumberjack. Because <laughs> I don't want to dress up. I can't even remember <laughs> if you dressed up for what you dressed up as. I don't either. I don't either. Um, 
But Eric had the the transvestite clown, mm-hmm. which was <laughs> totally appropriate for a small Broken Arrow church. <laughs> right. Totally, totally. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anytime, anytime he gets the opportunity, he'll. Uh... Yeah, he likes dressing up as a woman. He did that a couple years ago, right? He did. When you guys played that, didn't he? You uh, played J- uh, Josh Vitt's party? Yeah. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and we played at, at Vitt's. Yeah, and, and we all had to, like, dress up, but all I did was wear, like, a Jamaican dreadlock wig. <laughs> Again, I don't really want to. Um, did Eric bring out the fucking... The transvestite clown again? I think so. All these years later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. What about my that backyard? Is... Well, we talked about that when we had all the whole band. Oh, on, man. But... I totally forgot. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Totally yeah. forgot about that. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, at that time, were we Zen Hipster? I don't even know. Because I know for a while we were like sheep fish. And, uh, I have that set list around here somewhere. I saw it recently. I was oh, really? going through stuff and I can't remember if it said on there. Sinipster. But it had all the songs that were on, ended up on freaking rock. So probably by that point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then I remember playing uh, that one Presidents of the United States of America song. Yeah. Which I hated to play. Uh, uh, well, we did it for yeah. you, Trisha. <laughs> we did it for you. No, I just remember Eric Reese asking me, hey, can, can I borrow that President of the United States CD? And I was like, okay. Yeah. Kept it under wraps and then brought more. it up. Yeah. <laughs> so that blue bass, do you still have it? I do. Yes, I do. It uh... With the tie-dye strap. No, I don't think I have that strap anymore, but I do have that blue bass, and I want to say that it's, I I disassembled the uh, neck from the body, because I was going to strip it and, like, repaint it or do something. Right, right. Because the purple just didn't, yeah, <laughs> didn't cut it anymore. Well, you know, uh, after... Before you move on, to okay. after, I got one more Zen hipster question. Oh, okay, go ahead. So after you left and, and they put out in process, did you listen to it? Jesus, I'm just curious. I I'm did. sure we talked about this 20 years ago, but I don't remember. <laughs> I did, I did. did. Okay. I did listen to it, and on a couple of the tracks, I I was going, that sounds like my bass playing, but I don't know if it was or wasn't, dude. Because I, I know I talked to Eric about it, and he, he said that I think that he played all the bass tracks. I think I think so. I thought so. Yeah. Um, but you know what? 20 years later, him and Josh told me that there's stuff on there they never used for me, so you never know what they did. And it's fine. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. There are 50 people in the world have listened to it, maybe. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. So who knows? Who Knows. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, I like the um, what was that? It was like the Seventy Third Street Sessions, or yeah, I like that that disc. That was that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, that was just the, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that was a good one. 
All right, well, that's just what I wanted okay. before you can go into whatever you're going on. To. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I listened to it, and then I stomped it yeah. in the ground. What's this trash? <laughs> well, like, um, after, you know, after after us, you know, because uh, I didn't, I don't know that I'm, you know, because there's a lot of years where, you know, we didn't, you know, I had no idea. And, um, you know, I know the last couple of years playing again, you talked about, you know, you you played, oh God, what was it? You said something about you played at a, you did like acoustic stuff at some place and then you played with like Paul Benjamin or Paul Carlskin or whatever. And then like, you know, you've been in Citizen Moondee and stuff like that. So like actors and hipster, what happened? Where'd you go? And, you know, I think, you know, if I, if I remember correctly, you kind of, you, you played a lot more places than I did than we did. Well, there was Underside. Right. Which I think was directly after. Yes. And that was interesting. Um, just because there are some characters in that band. Right. Um, and then, and that was, you know, that was a good learning experience. Um, and then there was uh, The Blue. Got to play with Dave Kennedy and, and Meeker. Um, which that was that was a great learning experience about that. Yeah, we uh, played a few shows around town, and then we did a showcase in Houston, um, which was cool. Um, let me think. And then I think it was after that it was uh, let's say like Steve and John jamming with them. And then Jean and I started Citizen Mundi, um, which was a excellent learning experience of how to play reggae properly and how to play world music and, you know, um, like Latin or um, Hispanic music. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a learning experience because it's a totally different style of bass playing. Right. Where it is, you're, you're more, mm, 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 you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those were those were great experiences. You know, you got to do some short touring. You know, right. Sort of thing. And like, what do you what do you take from that? That what do you learn from playing all those places and different styles and people? Because it's like I, you know, I'm stopped there. You know, and I got to think that 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 gives you a whole outlook on stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I learned to kind of shut the fuck up, you know? I mean, because sometimes you'll say your opinion about something that may be totally off, you know? And especially when it's a style of music that you're not familiar with, you know? Um, I got to learn to just shut up and, and play and listen. Um, you know, it, it teaches you humility when you're, when you're learning a different style of, of playing, you know, a different, yeah. you know, a completely different genre of music. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think I, I learned a good deal of hum- humility from, <laughs> from those experiences. <laughs> and and what, short touring, was there any like, 
close quarters, smelling farts and vans and just kind of like sleeping wherever you can. Definitely smelling farts and vans. And, and you know, with Citizen Moon, you were such a big group. You know, there's seven right. or eight of us. Um, we would take multiple vehicles, thank God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were times when we would sleep on floors and couches and, you know, it was that, that sort of tour. Yeah. Did you tour with Underside at all? No. Okay. That band was, by the time I got into it, that band was kind of winding down herself. Oh, okay. Herself but so that's kind of so. Was Zen Hipster and Underside, even though they're different styles, they're still in the same area of mm-hmm. hard rock metal kind of stuff. And then most everything you've done since has obviously nice. shifted. So like, you've been doing that way longer than you did that. But when you're on stage, as far as playing, you know, in a hard rock band, the energy is a little bit different than it is on everything else you did. Is that something that was just easy to adapt to when you? Went on to the, everything else. Yeah, yeah. So I got burnt on playing rock and yeah. metal. Yeah, I, I just got burnt out. Um, and it was because you know I, that's the music that I started out playing, and I played it, you know, from thirteen or fourteen to about twenty one. You know, um, I I kind of got I kind of got burnt. Um, it's definitely different playing in a. Um, you know, like um, a Moondy, because there's not a lot of distortion. You can distinctively hear each instrument. You can, um, you know, it's it's a much different um, style of playing. And for me, you know, as a bass player, which in in a lot of rock or metal, the bass is lost somewhere. Yeah. You know? um, and with the bass being able to stand out, you know, in reggae or Latin, I liked that. You know, I liked being able to be a kind of a forefront musician rather than the guy in the back. Yeah. You, you have a voice. Exactly. Right, right. Did you find that intimidating at first or were you like, Super excited. I was all about it, dude. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I was all about it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's like it's also more obvious if you miss something, you know. It you is. Screw up, you absolutely. Know? <laughs> it, it absolutely is. Yeah, you've got to make sure you're on point. Yeah, that's the risk you take. Yep. Let's it lets you you know lets you shine as well. Yeah. So hopefully, if you play badass on one song they won't remember you fucking up the previous song <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> well, with Moondy, was that your first ex- even, not experience, first uh, exposure to world music and that kind of thing? Or have you already been into it before that? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. definitely my uh, first exposure to, to world music. Um, and, you know, what I listened to a lot in those days was Manu Chao. Um, I love Manu Chao. Uh, and listening to his bass player was 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 amazing. It was you know really informative. Um, but yeah, and before that, you know, I I played with um, 
Steve Liddell, which was, you know, a more um, folkish type of music. So I was kind of used to that style. Um, and it was easy to apply to um, world music and, and reggae and that sort of thing. Yeah, I always loved the. I think I saw you with Steve Liddell more than I did with any other act. Well, besides Zen Hipster, probably, but. Yeah. Yeah, I always loved that stuff. Even now, you know, when I get a chance to see him. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to uh, record some bass for him here very soon. And when he asked me, I was like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to get back to yeah, you know, playing that groove, groove stuff, you know. Um, Has it been a while since you guys played together? Uh, actually, no, yesterday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to learn, learn his songs. And, um, so, yeah, it's, it's great to, get back and, and play bass because I've primarily been you know playing guitar okay. for the past few years right really, really? So. and a hell of a singer too so yeah. thanks dude no problem no problem well, so when you guys played that when what, it was 2018 I guess well just mm-hmm. about it was October I think so two years ago when you played that first Zen Hipster show, was that the first time you played bass in a while? Yeah. Or since, like your rehearsal, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. It was first time since, uh, I think, was it the first time since Moondy? Some Moondy stuff? Yeah. It, it, it had been a while. Um, I want to say, I want to say we, I'd gone over to, to Baker's and, and jammed with him, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe Reese, yeah. before we started getting together to try to hash out this song. Yeah. Were you remember? Yeah. I, I don't even know. It, it seems like, it's weird because it seems like yesterday and then it seems like fucking forever ago too yeah exactly so I, I know I, yeah i know i've got blank spots yeah and um you know the um the shit we did for brian hansen like i barely even remember that i know and it was only what 20 fucking was it 12 maybe 2012 you know and it wasn't even i mean i guess it was kind of long ago i mean I even, yeah seven eight years is a, yeah. is a good deal of time it's yeah i don't even i don't even remember it I saw a picture from it the other day, uh, and I was like, I don't even, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. That was a, a strange gig, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, this is kind of, in my head, I was like going to ask this towards the end, but I'm going to ask it now so I don't forget. If you could, like right now, say, like, I'm going to start a project, like, what do you think it would be? Like, what style of music? This is you, your, your entire, you're the one that's deciding what's going on. Well, it would, it would of course, uh, be, uh, an acoustic type, type project. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, you know, it, it'd be funky, um, you know, more groove oriented stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would do. 
be more of a chill, groove-oriented project. Yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. guys need to do that thing you were talking about before. Right. I'm calling oh, you out on, on recording. Yeah, I yeah, know. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? I, I played last night for the first time in like, I don't know. Like two months or something. Yeah. Which I shouldn't do, but... Yeah, I I had gone a week, week and a half without playing and got my guitar out and I was jamming and I'm like, ah, ah, yeah. ah, you know, you're trying to hold those chords and you're like, shit, I lost my calluses. Yep. It's the worst. When the, um... When the the strings start hurting, like oh my god, I know my fucking my twenty four year old self would be so not proud of me right now. Absolutely, come on, man. Yeah, but you need just, those Zach Wild fingernails. That's what happens. Oh my god, <laughs> you know, um, and it's it, it's so crazy because when you when you pick it up like that and you haven't done it in a while, um, I don't know, I. For like the first 10 minutes or so, I just play all the same clunky shit I always play yeah. when you pick it up. And you've really got to like, you got to sit there for half an hour yeah, until you start. Like, it's almost okay. like exercising, right? Warming up. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I, always start, I always start out with, you know, rudiments and, right. and um, working on scales and that sort of thing. Trying to just get my hands warmed up and ready. Exactly. Yeah. Well, who do you think's the best musician you've ever played with? That's a. I didn't know you. That was that's, that's a broad question, question man. Because we're talking about Eric Reese, but I know he's played with other amazing musicians too. So that's a tough one. Um, you know, as far as you, we're talking about guitar players or drummers or maybe just anything. Um, man, that is a tough one. I mean, on guitar, it's tough to it's tough to think of anyone, you know, beyond beyond Reese, because I mean, he's a virtuoso. Yeah, you know. Um, and then as far as drums, probably be Meeker. I mean, he's a badass drummer. Um, you know, I can't even remember his name, but the dude that played for Underside, um, that guy was a great drummer man. he was uh, Jimmy yeah yes. because he did he did all that other Jimmy Bradford yeah gospel yeah. funk all right. that he was that guy was an amazing drummer well any drummer that grows up playing in church yeah is a bad motherfucker yeah yeah I mean pretty much you know and that's what he had done since he was a little kid he was the church drummer and um, so you know and then I think he played in the high school band and all that stuff. Yeah, Jimmy Bradford, he was a bad man. <laughs> I remember you telling me he told you something some, one time like, like this this is easy. This is child's play. This is nothing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and and it's like, yeah, that, for him it probably, yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. you know. Because Caveman, yeah. new metal. <laughs> well, right, because it's all based on those riffs, yeah. you know. Uh, yep. Yeah, everything was based on chord progression <laughs> rather than actual rhythm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was he was good. Yeah, there was one time we were playing uh, an underside gig in Kansas City, and 
we show where, you know, we're driving around Kansas City, we kind of get lost looking for this, looking for this bar. And we finally find it and we notice like, the best part of town. It was a pretty big, big place. So we pull up and we're going in to find out the best, best spot to load in. I noticed that across the street, there was like 12 um, black guys standing across the street. And they were all just like staring at this place. And, like, what the fuck? and we walk in and bartender, white guy, shaved head. Um, we talked to the owner. He's a white guy, shaved head. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you'll pull around over here. We've got two black guys in the van. Jimmy and um, oh Jinx, Jinx, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, this doesn't seem right. So, anyways, we go in, we get totally loaded in, and you know, as you're loading in, you're starting to look around the bar, and there's like rebel flags, and wow, you know, like there's a lot of white power imagery around. And I tell Jimmy because we rode together. And I was like, dude, I think you notice the black guys across the street? And I'm like, you notice, like, I think this is a, a, you know, like, white power bar. And he just laughed. He's like, fuck it, we're going to rock, you know. <laughs> so, um, it ended up being a, being a great gig. The, everybody, all the patrons loved it, you know, it was a good time. But, uh, yeah, end of the night when you're loading out and, there's still people kind of that you can tell have nefarious um, intentions. You're like, shit, let's just load out as quick as we can and fucking hit the road. <laughs> but yeah, that was an interesting gig with, uh, with underside. Yeah. Good thing. There was no issue from the owner or the bartender or anything. So. They, they <laughs> were cool as shit. And yeah. I thought there was probably going to be an issue. You know, I, I, like I, I thought, well, yeah. once they see these two blunt guys in the band, they're going to be like, get the fuck out. Right. But they didn't. They, okay. they were cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, you know, I, I remember, and I don't know if it, I'm just going to, when you played a, when you play edge fest with them, and I came and watched you guys. And, uh, you know, it was always like you had to have, you had long hair then. You had to have it, you know, kind of twisted up. Yeah. And it <laughs> was like you knew it was the last time you were going to play with them. You're like, fuck it. And you just went, you know, full, full Hesher, you know, uh, fucking hard rock dude. And I fucking loved that. That was great. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were. You guys opened for Seven Dust too, right? Yeah, Kings. Yeah. yeah, got to meet Lejean on their bus. Yeah, that was a that was a cool gig. Uh, it was Seven Dust and Pod. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was there. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, I met him way back then, and then I met him again last year, and he's still nice as hell. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a really cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I know you've always had a good, broad sense of, you know, musical taste. Yeah. But, like, what do you, like, listen to these days? Like, anything different than you might have in the past? Yeah. Um, 
Oh, well, I was listening to Frank Ocean on the way over. Um, I like this guy, Andy, Andy Schauf. Mm-hmm. I've heard that name, but I'm not. Um, yeah, and then, like a lot of R&B and hip-hop artists. and Yeah. You know, um, like newer stuff or classic stuff or both? Uh, you know, like I like Tory Lanez. I do like uh, Bonnie Fair. Chan is a good band. Um, Black Pumas, they're a great group. Yeah. So, and then still listening to Mona Chow and stuff like Doctor Hook and. Oh yeah. Have, have you seen Have you seen the Chaco uh, documentary? I haven't. We talked oh, about. Wow. You need to see that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I've heard about it. Um, like, it's one of those documentaries where, like, even if you don't know shit about him, you don't even care about that style of music or you don't care about bass, it's like, it would be fascinating. So, for you, it would be yeah. amazing. And it, it was <laughs> so much footage, um, you know, more than I'd ever seen ever of the guy. Sweet. All you'd see is a clip here and there or a picture in right. the magazines. But, yeah, I think it's called Jocko, but. Yeah, and Robert Robert Trujillo was yes. one of the producers. He put it together, and it's I'm sure it's on. I think I saw it on Amazon Prime or whatever. But it's, oh, okay. it's free now okay, on Prime. Or I on think Prime. I'm Prime. Yeah. Like it used to have to pay for it, which is fine. It was like a few bucks, but I noticed a while back it was free now. So okay, yeah, you need to see that dude. Okay. That's great. the The stuff that guy went through with his, you know, I mean, he he was so so. Just a, a virtuoso, but then all of his problems. It's just, it was crazy. It reminds me of every virtuoso. Right. 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 It's like, that's why they're a virtuoso. This yeah. is the thing that matters and counts to them. All this other shit doesn't matter. Yep. And it all falls down around them. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah, this guy's been, I don't know if you've noticed on his Facebook or Instagram, but he's really been into collecting cassettes over the last few years again. Mm-hmm. And I've, so like anytime I'm out somewhere and I see cassettes, I usually look at them just out of curiosity. And last year at half price books, I found a weather report oh, nice. cassette for like a dollar. Nice. <laughs> so I had to buy it. You should, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, was in Albuquerque last year and I, I bought a Tom Petty cassette just because it was like a dollar. I was yeah. like, oh, I got I mean, I got to get it. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, and then I was like, fuck, I don't have a cassette player. <laughs> so I've got I, a Tom Petty cassette for you if you want I got it. you covered. I got a couple, so. <laughs> but um, that fucking, that record store in Erie Springs, yes. Mojo, mm-hmm. boy, they're proud of their shit, man. Yeah. Uh, a goddamn Ugly Kid Joe tape for 15 bucks. Everything. Get out of here with that. Everything in Eureka's. Oh, yeah. Like, e- holy e- shit. Everything. Because they, you know, those people are coming in from out of town. That's right. Yeah. It's on a trip. They'll spend the money at the right. record that's, store, too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Everybody's got deep pockets. Yeah. yeah. Cool record store, but holy crap. Well, going way back to the beginning, what's the first thing you remember about? First memories of even just hearing music. Like before you even got to, like, the Chili Peppers and the stuff that you really delved yeah. into. Well, I grew up in a Christian household. Yeah. 
So the first music that I was exposed to was Carmen. Right. And uh, oh man, it's a tough question. Because I think I remember Josh saying before that it was kind of the same way and you guys would yeah. check out stuff and then hide it or get in trouble if it got found. That That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, yep. So, yeah, I remember buying CDs and cassettes and, and having to hide them. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Jo- yeah, Josh and I had the same had the same problems because our parents wouldn't let us listen to secular music. And so, but by the time we were 14, 15, you know, they, they really couldn't yeah. control us, yeah. you know, <laughs> the way when you're a kid. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was all like Christian radio, Christian cassettes, I think. Um, Yeah. Do you remember what the first thing was that you went out and got and hid? Man, that's a tough question. I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head. Because um, you're what? You're two years younger than me? Are you 41? I'm 41. Okay. So that would have been uh, late yeah. 80s or around 90 probably. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I was I was living in, in Illinois at that point, and I think I was listening to all rap and R&B at that time. I remember getting in trouble for uh, what were those two kids that wore their clothes? Crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble with one of their... And that's like the singing. safest safest hip-hop there is. I know. I know. <laughs> They're literally kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got in trouble with that one and I think I got in trouble for like Ride the Lightning. Um, and... Uh, Megadeth, Countdown to Extinction, I think. Yeah, those were the first first ones I got busted with, but kept, you know. Yeah. Heathen. <laughs> exactly. When I worked at Micah Tech, um, Carmen used them to, like, fulfill all the all his merchandise. And I guess he had came in for a tour one day. And he was a douche. So that's what everyone there said. He was a douche to everybody. Oh, really? He's like super mean. Yeah. So there you go. Carmen. I can I can see that Carmen for you. Yeah. So. My dad was good friends with uh, his older brother, uh, who was also part of the uh, what was Carlton Pearson's church? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, higher dimensions. Higher dimensions. He was he was in charge of security out there. It was like Lorenzo, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Hard Dimensions is where we played your birthday party thing one time. Yes, that's right. Somebody kicked a hole in the wall. Really? Right? Right? I don't remember. Something like that. And your dad was like, they're just a bunch of heathens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seems like, I don't know. They were victory kids. Yeah. So they're all victory kids. Yeah, Yeah, that was like my 14th birthday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I dropped a pick at that show. Yeah. <laughs> I think you remember that specifically. I, I don't okay. know why. <laughs> we should go back and find it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I bet it got slipped under something there. On the you know what? It's a totally different church right now. But you if we still... if we tell them that story, they might let us in. Yeah, 
They're a church that should let you in regardless, right? Exactly. <laughs> so welcome us. Yeah, yeah, that's their thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll act like we're in need of spiritual healing, and they'll let us in, and then we'll just... Go run, find the pick. Run them up through the facility. Exactly. Do you remember what the pick was, what color? Like, no. Okay. Not at all. So we'll just be Sorry looking for, for any pick. Okay. Yeah. Well, in summation... <laughs> that sounds so forced. Right. <laughs> well... I, you know, just one, like, last thing I would say was, uh, you know, and this goes back to, I remember in your parents' garage years ago, years and years and years ago, me and you, just me and you were jamming, and um, this is no dig at Eric Reese at all, you know, if he happens to hear this, but, you know, he was, he's a very uh, regimented, and, you know, the playing was, this is how you do it, and you need to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And I was having a hard time with a lot of stuff. And you were like, fuck all that. Just do it the best way that works for you yeah. and what's easiest for you. And I took that with me through a lot of stuff. So right on, man. thanks, man. Right. That was like one thing I wanted to make sure got on tape. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Thank you. I'm glad I could help. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you got to do you. Right. You have to. No one else is. Yeah. That sounds weird, but you get it. Because, <laughs> you know. Melissa can... would disagree. Oh, my God. Okay, so now, final question. We're going to end it with you, not that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a final question planned. I guess now in summation, thank you for doing this. It's cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a cool, uh, cool talk. There you go. Eric Bass. Formerly of Zen Hipster, well, I say formerly, I mean, you guys are like for forever not together and forever together, right? Uh, we, you know, we are definitely together in friendship. There you go. <laughs> also formerly of Underside, Citizen Mundi, right. Steve Liddell, right. all kinds of great stuff we touched on in there. And that's the great thing about Eric is all those things we just mentioned just kind of span the gamut of music styles exactly so, and he can play them all with ease so it's very cool to get eric on here for a full talk just about himself and like i mentioned beforehand you can hear some more from him and the rest of the band zen hipster in episode 191 we need to get steve liddell on here right you know i mean yeah, i know i know we're hard rock and metal but every once in a while we branch well like eric Bash, you know, for the most part, yeah, isn't, exactly. isn't a metal guy and, you know, Ian Moore and these other people. Right. I just want to have, you know, cool people <laughs> that are great musicians and he's a great Tulsa artist. So, yes. Know. I mean, that's how I know Steve Liddell through Eric Bass. Met him right 20 some years ago. But also, you know, all the stuff he does and the shrine, the black pearl, the blackbird, excuse me, helping out the scene. That yeah. would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so a huge thank you. To Eric Bass, do yourself a favor, discover some new music. Look up all those bands I just mentioned. Citizen Moody, Zen Hipster, Steve Liddell, everything. And a huge thanks to Eric for taking this time out and hanging out with us. Of course. It's like old times. Right. And if this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. We've got, man, before this episode here in 2021, we've had episodes get going back to 2015. With 
Rock and Roll Hall of Famers like Glenn Hughes, Gene Simmons, Dizzy Reed, Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and Dio. Had on guys from Let me ask you Seven something. Dust. Let yeah. me ask you something. When we started this, did you ever think we'd have anybody that was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on here? Yeah, because I always, I always assumed Shaka Khan would be on this podcast. Jesus Christ. No. Well, guess what? That's next week's guest. Yay! <laughs> in all seriousness, that never crossed my mind because we spent so much time bashing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. <laughs> but that is a great question because not really because when I think of even a even like a lesser known artist in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if they're lesser known, they're probably not around anymore. Yeah. Or kind of out of our you know reach or whatever. So, yeah, not really, no. Right. What about you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I never thought for one goddamn minute. Yeah. And now we've had multiple ones. So we, it's kind of cool because just that's something you can hang your hat on. But, yeah, you know. We should fuck, have five on here. Fuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. There should be five on here if Bruce Kulik hadn't been screwed out of the Rock and Roll Hall See, of Fame. I was about to ask you that. <laughs> which, which members, uh, other than the original four of KISS, should have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, absolutely. Bruce Kulik. Eric Singer, and I don't care what anyone says, Tommy Thayer. I mean, I understand he only played on two albums, mm -hmm. and there are two albums that no one gives a fuck about for the most part, but he played on two albums, and that was right. supposed to be the criteria as you play on an album, and right. he's been in the band longer than any other guitarist. No shit. I mean, and that's something. And he was with the band previous to that as a tech, you know? So. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing. Each Each case is different. Each case has their different. Yeah, I mean, you could argue for or against that. You know, there's been 400 dudes in and out of Deep Purple, and only like yeah. 150 of them got in. <laughs> but at least they did right and put in Glenn Hughes and David Coverdale, which I didn't think they were going to do. So Right. And then it's, you know, again, Nine Inch Nails, they were just going to do Trent Reznor. And I think, was it him that said, no, right. we're, put, we're, we're putting in some dudes here. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of the same thing with, uh... Because absolutely, there should be at least a couple other guys going in there with him. Yeah, and then the whole Bon Jovi, Hugh, uh, whatever that guy's name is. Hugh McDonald. Hugh McDonald. You know, they finally changed that and got Hugh McDonald in. Yeah, and that's 100% uh, he should be in there. Yeah, because he was on... Yeah, I mean, we we go on and on. And... It's different for And then on the flip band. side, David Abruzzese, or whatever the fuck you say his last name, got screwed. Yeah, he got... Royally, and that man should be in there as much as anybody in any band that's in there. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the the dude that was on the first record that left right after that, that's in Candlebox now, or was, or whatever, got on got in on there. But the guy on Verses and Vitology and wasn't and played all the ten tour and all that wasn't. Yeah, that's come on, man. <laughs> I don't know. Again, uh, this just, was a wild tangent. We, we just started a tangent <laughs> at the end here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, tune in next week when we have one of the curators of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I will, I will shit on him live on the podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it'll be that. the first time we do a live podcast just so we can yeah. put him on the spot. Right? We could rein this back in. Yeah. And let you know that we're not. Definitely set, but I know one of the next episodes is going to be Frederick Lecklerk from Creator and Dragon Force. And we've also got, like I said, Wayne Lozenak from Hatebreed, Brian Wheat of Tesla, Eric the Trainer, and 
Austin Moe all coming up. And then we got something else scheduled as well. We'll let you know about that once it happens so it doesn't get jinxed. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Huge thank you once again to Eric Bass. Check out, a, I didn't even say, you can find all our socials on the website, thethunderunderground.com, and you can listen to the podcast almost everywhere mm-hmm. podcasts are heard. So do all that stuff. Like, share, follow. All that great stuff helps out big time. So, now to wrap this thing up, a huge thank you to Eric. It was very fun to have him come over and sit down for a bit and talk about all this stuff. And then, of course, thank you to our sponsors, Hella Hot Hot Sauce, Sunset Tattoo, Med Farm, and DEB Concerts. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. (laughs) 